Where will Ezekiel Elliott land? We're talking all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me today, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you today? I'm all right. How about you? Doing well also. It's good. It's kind of, good. Kind of good. a quiet news day. Uh, we didn't we didn't yeah. get the uh, nice breaking news at the end of the day like we did yesterday with that Elijah Moore deal, uh, but we, we we got some blurbs out there and uh, one of them comes from Adam Schefter as as they often do, and Shefty says uh, that Ezekiel Elliott is down to three teams, close to choosing a new team. Uh, I thought it was interesting the way he worded that report because. Uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of had a, a bachelor feel that Zeke had eliminated <laughs> all these other teams and was down to three. And I think the reality is probably that uh, not that many teams were interested, but you know, regardless, here we are. Mm-hmm. So Schefter says that Zeke is looking at the Bengals, the Eagles and the Jets as his final three teams. So we'll get into the depth charts a little bit here, but you know, off the off the top of your head, first first thought, Matt, what's the best fit for Zeke? And do any of these situations give him uh, give him that value that he's lost uh, well, really Eagles over the past the year or so? The Eagles are the best for him just because they have great running game, the best line of this group. And frankly, I hope that's where he lands because that might scare people off Rashad Penny. Okay, so if he does, I'm not interested in Zeke at all, regardless of of landing spot. You're not you're out. really, yeah. You know, real quick, my thumbnail on him is he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Everyone knows what he's accomplished, and I do think there's a lot of value to his pass protection, his leadership, his toughness. I mean, short yardage. You know, it's just I don't think he has any juice left. I mean, yeah. if, if you watch him. He has a real hard time getting to the corner. You know, he just doesn't have the – he can't be an outside runner anymore. And all the defenses know it, and they start crowding the middle of the field, and he's not dynamic enough in the passing game to make a difference. So I think it's over. Yeah, had a, uh, had a lot of touches in right, his right. career. We, I mean, we, we've see it, seen it with a lot of running backs, and, and now it looks like it's Zeke's turn. Uh, I don't know if you saw Brees Hall's response to this, uh, but Mm -hmm. Brees Hall tweeted out after that Schefter report uh, something to the uh, equivalent of uh, we're good over here. And tagged. uh, (laughs) I I believe it was uh, Michael Carter that he tagged. And of course the Jets do have, you know, they've they've got a solid backfield. Obviously Brees Hall locked in as the starter, assuming he's back and fully healthy. They, They do have Michael Carter. Zonovan Knight, both of those guys have had success in the NFL for for stretches uh, uh, of several games. So feels like the Jets don't really need Zeke. Uh, Brees Hall said it himself. I agree with him. The Eagles, you already mentioned Penny, who they they signed, and um, I don't know. In some, 
the Eagles probably should be Zeke's top choice. Okay. Uh, not only the situation, but I mean, of course, the, these are these are rivals with the Cowboys, and you know that that feels that feels like something Zeke would do. Let's let's try to stick yeah. it to Dallas after they uh, gave up on me. Uh, Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott there. So I, I I'm kind of with you. I, I this would probably hurt Rashad Penny's value and. I would try to take advantage of that. Cincinnati, look at the depth chart. It, it feels like the best spot uh, because it's Joe Mixon and really not much else. Of course, Samaje P. Ryan was the uh, top backup there last year and uh, really even outplayed Mixon uh, for much of the season. He's gone. Uh, Chris Evans is there. I like Evans a little bit, but he's never been a consistent uh, producer for them. So you would think. Mick, uh, I'm sorry, you'd think Zeke would have some type of role if he uh, chooses Cincinnati. Uh, but you're saying you don't really care. Bengals, Eagles, Jets, it doesn't matter. You're you're staying away from Zeke. Yeah, but we know how running back works as well, though. I mean, there will be some week or two wherever he lands, he'll be very fantasy relevant because Penny's hurt, Mixon's hurt, Hall's hurt, whatever, you know, whatever it is. I just think he needs things to fall in line for him so well. And I really think Hall and Carter are about as good a one-two punch as there is in the league. I mean, I think they are good, but it seems like everybody wants to play for the Jets, the way they've been doing business. Could they sign Zeke and trade Carter? You know, I mean, it seems like that's how they do everything nowadays. Do we know Mixon's going to be a Bengal? I mean, I guess right. we're past the point, you know, Dalvin Cook, Mixon, are those guys out of the woods from getting cut? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so necessarily. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't imagine that the Bengals would sign Zeke and that would make them feel confident with with cutting Mixon. I, I, I don't think we're no, going that no, far right. by no. any means. Uh, then you're drafting one very high. Yeah. Zeke's yeah. current ADP is RB 47, obviously represents a huge uh, fall in value for him. Uh, he is 140 overall in the latest ADP from Dynasty League football. And I mean, 140 sounds low. RB 47 sounds low. But when you look at some of the players around him, he's he probably hasn't fallen far enough. I mean, some some interesting rookies are behind him. Tank Bigsby, Izzy uh, oh. Abanacanda. Chase Brown. I mean, I'm taking a shot on all of those rookies over him. Uh, Leonard Fournette. We're we're still waiting for him to to find a landing spot as well. I think Fournette probably has more left than Zeke. I'd I'd rather yeah, have him. I do too. Uh, Damon Harris is, is oh. below uh, Zeke. Rashad Penny is below Zeke. Of course, we expect that to change. That'll change yeah, with yeah. this new landing spot. But Deontay Foreman, Singletary. I mean, honestly, even even like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Samaje Pirine, Zeke might be 10 or 15 spots in running back rankings too high, even at RB47. Yeah, I mean, the, those rookies you mentioned aren't even close to me. Like, I would easily have at least a dozen off the top of my head rookies ahead of Zeke. I mean, uh, we know how this position is. Penny's obviously an exception there. Um it's crazy, but I think I would trade Zeke straight up for Pirine. Oh, I would definitely rather have yeah, Pirine. Right. Not not even close, honestly. Not even close, right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just for reference, looking way down the list, like Corderell Patterson is RB75. Zonovan Knight is RB78. Uh, I think I probably want those guys over him. So, yeah, somehow, somehow Zeke is still overvalued, at least mm-hmm. based on ADP. I don't think you're getting anything for him 
in trade right now. So if he signs the next couple of days, get whatever you can for him is my yeah. advice. Yeah, 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 totally agree with that. Matt, we are going to continue our rookie profile series today. We're talking about one of my UK boys today. We're talking Will Levis. Uh, you and I have not chatted about him. Uh, it seems like uh, you either love him or hate him in general with, when it comes to Levis. That's uh, that's what it seems to be from scouts and from uh, dynasty managers. So I'm interested to hear your take on, on Will Levis, and we'll do that right after this. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the absolute perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Um, you can include spread, money line, total, rebounds, assists, you know, threes drained. I mean, player points, whatever you want. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your ch- the chance to get your fir- no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Matt, let's talk Will Levis. Of course, Levis from Kentucky, six foot four, two 229 pounds. That's, that's one of the pluses is sure. he's got that prototypical size. I mean, you see this guy uh, on the field, on the streets, and, and he looks like a quarterback, right? He, he's got the look. Um, we point out that positive. Let's point out this negative. He's already 23 years old and turns 24 in June. So uh, before training camp even starts, He's going to be uh, a 24-year-old rookie coming in. And, I mean, that that doesn't matter at quarterback quite as much as it does at, at wide receiver. But it, it's it's not necessarily a good thing either. It's just, you know, it's, it's less years he has in his career, essentially. Yeah, I look at that two ways. I'm glad we brought that up real quick because uh, Hendon Hooker is going to be an old yep. rookie. Kenny Pickett was an old rookie last year. For the most part, it doesn't bother me at quarterback because they have such long careers. I mean, he might play till he's 38. He might play till he's 35. Who knows? The only thing I hold against a quarterback that's a little overaged is you're playing against some 19-year-olds. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's You have to look at it both kind of both ends of the spectrum here. I already mentioned just less years, less less time in your career potentially in the NFL. But it also means when Will Levis was putting up those big years at UK uh, the past two seasons, especially uh, in 2021, he was doing so as a 22-year-old, you know, essentially veteran quarterback. And then this yeah, past yeah. year, past year as a as a 23-year-old. And like you said, you're playing against 18, 19, 20-year-olds and uh, in in the SEC, and that that does make a difference. So that that has to be factored in a little bit. Uh, you know, going, Williamson always brings it back to the Steelers. So, but I saw Pickett yeah. firsthand. You know, I mean, like Kenny Pickett was a one-year wonder sort of a pit, and it was his oldest season. But then I was around him a lot with the Steelers his rookie year, and I thought, boy, his being older is helping him because he's so mature. He's not a goof, you know. So, 
it does work both ways. You know, I mean, there's a better chance he understands his new surroundings and, um, you know, isn't doing dumb things late at night because he's a little more mature or is a better leader. And we, I saw that with Kenny, but it also worked. But a year ago with Kenny, I looked at him and said, you had your one best year, but you were 23 playing against 20 year olds. You should, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, age is certainly when it comes to how we, how we analyze that as part of a dynasty profile or a prospect profile. Certainly one of those things that we can find some good and bad on both sure, ends sure. of it. Uh, Will Levis was a three-star recruit or a three-star uh, prospect coming out of high school lands at Penn state. He did, uh, did have a ton of offers from Ivy league schools, had a 4.0 in high school was mm-hmm. a very good student, uh, but wanted to uh, wanted to pursue more of a football career, went to Penn state, and honestly, just didn't play very much at all. Um, couldn't couldn't win the job at Penn State. That's one of the knocks uh, sure. or, or the concerns when it comes to his profile as well. He redshirted in 2018, uh, 2019, played just a few games. Same thing in 2020, really. I think by the end of his Penn State career, he had started a total of three games. So following that 2020 season, he opts to transfer. He uh, leaves for Lexington, goes to Kentucky, and there at Kentucky plays for uh, a, a two different offensive coordinators who have uh, or who had at the time NFL experience. I think that's a good thing for oh, Lewis yeah. that he's essentially played in that pro-style offense. In fact, two different pro-style offenses uh, during his two seasons at Kentucky. 2021 Uh, Levis throws for over 2,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 13 scores. Also ran for 516 yards, and uh, that you'll remember that was the year he was paired with Wondell Robinson, who had Mm. transferred as well. Wondell Robinson from uh, transfers from Nebraska, and uh, turned that productive year at Kentucky into a uh, day two pick with the Giants. So uh, Levis comes back in 2022 and it was, uh, it was pretty much all bad news for Levis and the Wildcats, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, didn't run as much, ran uh, 45 times for 119 yards, kind of lost that part of his game due to some injuries. Offensive line was bad. I mean, we've heard all the, we've heard all the negative about, Kentucky and and how it impacted Levis as a prospect. And, you know, you can call it excuses. You can call it reasons. Either way, it it, it doesn't matter. Uh, It it, it wasn't a good thing. And uh, and I I think it's probably hurt Levis's profile that he didn't run as much. The numbers weren't as good. He had didn't have these uh, reliable receivers necessarily. So let's get into it. Let's hear from you. What is your uh, what's your take on will levis here as he's set to enter the league well let's start at penn state because you kind of mentioned that i do think it's concerning that he couldn't win the job because it wasn't one year gets redshirted and left i mean he was there for three seasons and couldn't beat out what i recall not being nfl caliber players yeah sean Sean clifford was the main the main starter while levis was there and and yeah i mean clifford was a a decent college quarterback, but never sure. had any, any NFL. Uh, he has them look and throw like Will Levis. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you would know better than me because he's a Kentucky guy, but it does, does look like 2021 was very impressive, very strong, yeah. you know, for him. And I always remember this conversation with like Sam Bradford, you know, like I, I always use the example of I could be his, 
prosecuting attorney or his defense attorney and have equally strong cases if Bradford's good or not. You know, like, boy, he's mm-hmm. gone through a bunch of coordinators. He's been hurt. That's not his fault. And in the end, six years go by and he's not good. You know what I mean? Like, right. that was 2022 for me for Levis. Like, I under would he have been better at Ohio State or Alabama protected? And would he have made fewer mistakes? Of course. You know, like, when you're at a lesser school like i always go i refer to to jay cutler a lot watching him at vanderbilt they were the worst team in the conference by a thousand so jay's throwing a lot of interceptions well if he doesn't they have no chance to win you know like he's just taking shots because they're desperate in a way i mean so i do think there's part of that with levis from what i understand he's tough as nails played through like three injuries this year Mm -hmm. that many prospects would have just shut it down, especially when Kentucky season didn't matter all that much. But I think he's highly, highly volatile. I mean, his lack of accuracy and poor decision-making has to get better or he's not going to make it. I mean, he looks great walking in the door. He's big, he's strong. He looks like he was made in a lab. But the finer points of quarterbacking that often don't get better are worrisome. Yeah, I think you make a lot of great points there. I like the uh, I like the courtroom analogy because you're totally <laughs> right. It's really easy, uh, at least for me, to see the positives uh, in yep. Will Levis's profile, and uh, most of those come from that 2021 season. But it's equally uh, a- a- as easy and obvious to see the concerns that people have. What's um, what is causing? him to seemingly fall down the board. We'll get to some, some mock drafts and things uh, here in a few minutes, but his stock is going the wrong direction as the draft gets closer. And, and we are right now five weeks from the first round of the NFL draft and dynasty players. I mean, are certainly that I I don't know of many that love him. I said, I called him a love hate player. I don't know. I don't know. There's any that are are loving him, but there's certainly (laughs) some, who pretty much have him off the board. You know, I'm taking taking five yeah. running backs and seven wide receivers before I would consider Levis kind of comments. And and again, you you get some of that because, yeah. because of the volatility that you mentioned. Uh, Matt, uh, let's let's get into some of the strengths. We've mentioned them already. Uh, mm-hmm. Prototypical size. I mean, he he famously said at the combine when asked why he was participating in the drills. I've got a cannon and I'm going to show it off. <laughs> yeah. well, he didn't, he didn't really, I, I do think he, you know, arm strength is, wide, is yeah. a, is a plus is a uh, pro for him. I don't know that he necessarily showed it off in those drills. Uh, Anthony Richardson and, and definitely CJ Stroud looked like they uh, had just as much of a deep ball as, as Levis did. So feels like he missed an opportunity to, to show off that arm strength, you know, over, overthrow that, uh, overthrow that, receiver by 15 yards you know that's the time you want to do that you know Mm -hmm. just just let it go and and see what happens but he did not do that we talked about playing under the uh, NFL offensive coordinators Uh, that's a that's a good thing and uh, his rushing ability you know I think that's kind of overlooked at this point because of the uh, the rough 22 season and, and the fact that he didn't run much but uh, he certainly can. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, but uh, I don't think he's even Josh Allen when it comes to running the ball. But I think he's Justin Herbert. Herbert can run when he needs to and and can uh, can get you some rushing yards. And I think that's uh, that's kind of more of what Will Levis is as well. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he really needs to work on his footwork, and that's correctable, and that could lead to better accuracy. But And it sounds like work ethics are an issue, and he is really smart. I know he has great grades, even in college level and all those mm-hmm. things, and, you know, well-spoken. But, um, again, he has a lot to clean up. Yeah, we've, we've mentioned most of the weaknesses here. Uh, I'll kind of run through the list. Uh, we talked about the age, decision-making, too many too many interceptions. Those are obviously tied together. Um, just, just, just the mechanics on his, uh, on his, uh, passing style in general, yeah. uh, needs some improvement. And then after this 22 season, now he's got some injury questions as well. Um, so, you know, like you said, are those injuries part of the reason he struggled mm-hmm. or, or are those injuries just another thing that a, a team and dynasty managers should be concerned about? Matt, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Will Levis' dynasty value as well as where he might land in the NFL draft. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Matt, let's look at Will Levis' dynasty value. Uh, DLF rookie rankings, he is nine overall. That is super flex, of course. Mm-hmm. Nine overall, and he's the quarterback four right now. Uh, how do you feel about that ranking? Well, Coincidentally, I, I just turned in my top five quarterback ranks. I have them. I write them for for the Steelers or Steelers dot com. And I was torn between Hooker or Levis at four, and I didn't quite have the guts to put Hooker there. So I get it. I mean, I, I think the quarterback four is probably right, but I think he's closer to five than three. I bet I could come up with nine total names though that I would take ahead of him. Yeah, so we've got uh, the eight guys ahead of him. Those are probably obvious. The other quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. um, all three of of the top receivers and the top two running backs. Uh, So that leaves a lot of tier two and tier three backs and receivers behind him that I could could see easily jumping ahead of him. Zay Flowers, Zach Charbonnet, Devin A-Chain, Josh Downs, Jalen Hyatt, all of those guys directly behind him. And, uh, you know, we could eventually see Levis fall into the second round of those super flex rookie drafts. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Rookie ADP is uh, it's actually even higher than that. He's the quarterback four as well, but he's seven overall there. So I believe he's ahead of Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison there. Uh, and startup ADP, quarterback 18, uh, being drafted in the same range as Kirk Cousins and Trey Lance. Uh, I love Will Levis. I'll be cheering for him as a as a UK fan. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. But that seems a little steep right now. Quarterback 18 between Cousins and Trey Lance. Uh, give me give me both of those guys for different reasons, and probably a few others that are below uh, below Will Levis as well. That's that's a little rich. We t- we talked about rookie fever yesterday. That might be an example of rookie fever. Yeah, of, of all those three that you mentioned, DLF ranks, rookie, and the startup, 
that was the one that was most off kilter to me. I mean, Lance versus Levis isn't very close for me. And I would definitely take Cousins. I mean, I could start Cousins this week, you know. Let's finish up here with uh, looking at some mock drafts. He is, according to Grinding the Mocks, the fifth player overall. Uh, and the and again, that's not a ranking, but that's more of an ADP based on all the mock drafts that are out there. Uh, and he, no surprise, is the quarterback four. Mm-hmm. Looking at some recent mock drafts, though, and, and most of these have been updated just in the past couple weeks. Mel Kiper. Right, these are post-combine, yeah. Yeah, post-combine. A couple of these even post-free agency. I'll, I'll point out one. I know Mel Kuyper's mock draft came out on Monday, this past Monday. Kuyper has him three to Indianapolis, so that would represent a trade up for the Colts. One of the other questions that uh, that Levis answered in Indianapolis during the combine was uh, uh, about which teams he had visited with, and specifically he was asked about the Colts. He had not visited with the Colts up until that mm. point. I don't know, obviously, if that has changed since then, but owning the fourth pick overall and uh, obviously needing a quarterback, you would think they would meet with all the top prospects. That So I thought that was very interesting yeah. that the Colts had not met with Will Levis at that point. Uh, Matt Miller has uh, Levis going two to Houston. Dane Brugler, seven to the Raiders. Todd McShay, also seven to the Raiders. Danny Kelly, 11 to Tennessee. That is a brand new mock draft out just this week. And the one I really wanted to focus on here is Daniel Jeremiah. This mock draft also came out this week. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah has Will Levis 19 overall to Tampa Bay. So I talked about his stock falling. This is what we're starting to see that it's, uh, it's Stroud or young, or maybe even Richardson at one overall. And then the other two guys coming uh, in, in whatever order soon after that, Levis certainly looks like the QB four uh, and the odd right. man out really not even in that conversation anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm starting to lean on. Um, Peacock and I were talking about today that history just shows that four don't go in the top seven, you know I mean? Like right. somewhat, I mean, like we didn't think Justin Fields was going to fall. We thought he could have gone second and he ended up going later than that. And then Mac Jones. So Levis sure seems like the one that could be the faller. I don't think the top two are going anywhere. Stroud and Young to me, I think they're one and two, two and one, whatever. I think someone's going to fall in love with Richardson. And then, you know, there's that stretch of the Bears at at nine, the Eagles at 10 that just don't need them where you could see a fall. I like the Bucks fit. Um, if you noticed in Daniel Jeremiah's mock, he also had Hooker going to Minnesota a yes. couple picks later. I think that could be a great landing spot for him. And then the two I wanted to bring up as well, which I also think would be good for Hooker, are Detroit and Seattle. I mean, they both have two first-round picks. They would sit them for a whole year, presumably, and they already drafted something good, or maybe they even took them with their first pick, but maybe the later one, or you trade up a little bit or trade down from the early one. So teams like that make more sense to me. Yeah, I think uh, you, you look – outside of the top 10 or 12 picks and you start having a hard time finding a fit for a quarterback, you know, Mm -hmm. Washington is 16, but we're not, we're just not sure how happy they are with Sam Howell. If if they really like him, maybe they're content to run with him and, um, and and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, You talked about Detroit at 18. They also have the six pick and they're not taking Levis at six. I don't think Uh, Minnesota, 
yeah, I mean, it, it gets tough. Like, what would you say are the chances that, that Will Levis falls out of round one? Do you think that's a possibility? No, I okay. don't. So you think I, I mean, he- I know Mel and Miller know more than I do, but I don't think there's any chance he goes two or three either. Like, I think seven's his earliest. Maybe the Bucks or the second Seattle or Lions pick or Vikings is his floor. Okay. So seven is Las Vegas. Um, 18, 19, 20 is Detroit, Tampa, and Seattle. Uh, mm, that's I the, zero in a row. Yeah. Second pick for Detroit, second pick for Seattle in the first round. So that's kind of what we're looking with Will Levis. Like I said, I'm, I'm a fan mostly because I'm a Kentucky fan. I'll be cheering mm-hmm. for him, but you, you really said it well earlier in the show. It's, it's easy to see the flaws. It's easy to see the upside and he's going to need to land in the right situation uh, for, you know, for it to go the right way for him. And for our purposes, even if he goes to Vegas at seven, chances of him being a week one starter probably are pretty slim. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Certainly. He's probably sitting, right. Right. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.